Hello, and welcome back, listeners. Thank you for joining me again on the Unfounded Podcast. My name is Christopher Sage, and I am your host. It's uh, been a little bit since my last episode here, but I'm very happy to have all of you back on with me. Um, Today, I want to try to focus on the idea of faith. Um, It's a topic that I've I've covered quite often. Sorry about that. Um, But one that I... uh, I find myself returning to often because it's a concept that I'm, you know, contemplating in my everyday life and trying to incorporate, I guess, in a certain way more fully. And I think faith's a hard idea for everybody. I think it's a, it's mushy uh, a little bit, I guess. Um, When you say you believe in something, uh, you usually... Um, well, you could also in another way to say that would be your, your place, your faith in it. Um, but I guess in the context of the bigger questions like God, when you don't have like a physical representation of that idea, placing you, you something that's yours, your faith, I guess, even though it's um, disembodied, placing that in something else that you can't see is is scary but it's like the fundamental definition of faith to do something like that to act in that way to have faith um, would be to believe in something regardless of its, its representation or lack thereof right at least that's the way I define it now so that's kind of just to start us off the idea I want to dive in a little bit uh, deeper here soon, but um, thank you for joining me again, listeners. Uh, I really appreciate your support thus far. Um, I'm doing a lot of work here with my partner Bethany, and we're we're getting rolling here on a lot of different projects. So um, some of our social media, the social media that's been um, going for the Unfounded Podcast up until this point, is going to be moving. Um, just a similar page, just going to be moving to a different space on Facebook. So I'll get you that information once it's completely set up. But um, me and Beth are both kind of combining our businesses together, and uh, right now. Um, I'm really excited to kind of uh, get back into the podcasting mode uh, because I've I've been going through a lot of personal, um, you know, I guess a personal journey, you could call it, um, an awakening process for sure, uh, as I've talked about in the last couple episodes. And it's something that's really um, like realigned me to why I'm doing this. Um, I don't want to talk about that too much because I've covered it in the last couple episodes, but... I feel reinvigorated uh, in a a new way. I've just gone. The last year for me was was remarkably hard, um, incredibly difficult, because I was going through, like I said, some something like a personal journey, um, right? A journey through a lot of my my childhood traumas. You know, a lot of the traumas I had taken on through my life. Um, learned about how they had attached to me, those energies had attached to me yeah, in a spiritual way, and um, then went about the process of trying to release those things. That's about as concise a way as I can put it. And as I did that, I, I kind of, um, you know, lost myself at times. And in those moments where you lose yourself, you kind of really learn about yourself too. And that's what's so important about the awakening process. You know, I mean, you learn when you fail, right? That's why failure is important. 
and I've really I've I've learned a lot <laughs> overwhelmingly um, this process has been overwhelming and I don't want to dwell on it too much because I'll get lost into it like I said it's a little hard to describe for anyone that's not you um, it's a lot but I'll attempt to as we move forward uh, in this podcast. And for the time being, I'd like to focus on the idea that I'm really like chewing on right now, which is faith. Um, you know, how do you place, you know, something that is yours, something that makes you vulnerable, you know? Uh, how do you place that in something you can't see? How do you, like... Uh, advocate for that process internally and in order to try to understand how other people have done it throughout history I think that's the best way to do it to try to look at how other people have done it you know significant figures people that we admire how have they incorporated faith into their lives um, so I'm going to read from a couple interesting or at least people that I find interesting or influential throughout history try to give you a little bit of a diversity in that so there's different figures with different kind of philosophies in there so we can see what, try to pull apart what faith is um, and understand it, you know, a little bit deeper and incorporate it more fully. I do believe that one of the things, one of the reasons why it's important to like go through your, your past traumas in your life or to, to recognize where you've been wrong, I guess, at a, at a superficial level, right? If you just keep it at the surface level, where have you been wrong throughout your life? Um, you just focus on that you'll find you learn a lot from it but it's painful because it's things you don't want to look at right um and this continual process of forcing yourself to kind of sit in this energy of self-reflection um reveals to you kind of a lot about yourself that allows you to move forward with a uh, new clarity that's hard to describe after the fact and the faith i speak of i think is something that um people discover in their own way uh, that's why different figures with that, different philosophies can all have um, kind of faith generally so let's go to some of them hear what they have to say this is off of faith quotes or no I'm sorry excuse me this is www I don't know why I said that goodreads.com uh, and I'll have the, the link in the note description but I have a, a couple interesting people here that I'd like to read to you. First one I want to read to you from is John Lennon, um, who, you know, is obviously, if, if, for those of you who aren't familiar, he's uh, one of the Beatles, right? He was a very, very famous musician who was uh, murdered. I don't know exactly when it was in the 70s, I believe the early 70s, um, because he was also not only a musician, but he was a very influential kind of um, figure. Uh, there was a lot of talk if I'm not mistaken around John Lennon right before, around when he died of, of his kind of political aspiration or him being a figure not necessarily that would want to be a political leader but somebody that could really affect the masses somebody that could take power away from political leaders um, which is interesting I think it's more into the conspiratorial land of um, what happened to John John Lennon but um, I'd like to read from him first and this is John Lennon on faith I believe in everything until it's disproved. So, I believe in fairies, the myths, dragons. It all exists. 
even if it's in your mind, who's to say that dreams and nightmares aren't as real as the here and now? You know, there's this um, popular kind of, this glorified figure, I guess, in modern society that we've we've kind of placed on a pedestal, and it's it's the it's the critic, you know. Um, and it's funny because, like, I think it, people in general don't really like critics when you when you kind of view it in, let's say, um, like context of movies, right? You don't like people don't like to. Uh, usually they're like, oh, I don't like the critic re- reviews or the critic ratings because they they don't really they don't rate the movies right or they're, they're basing it off of some kind of deep philosophical review or something like that, right? Um, there's this idea of the critique, the critic that's I've gained popularity I think through kind of accident. Um, when you have like a, a worldview, a philosophy, uh, like secular worldview like the scientific method, right? Um, if you follow that as if it's a law, like a divine law, uh, then what, it, what it'll produce is something like a, a certain pessimism um, and uh, critical nature, right? Um, not that the pessimism is meant to be like a downer. I'm not talking about it in that context. I'm talking about it in the sense of it's necessary with the scientific method to try to identify all of the possible uh, things that could disprove what you're trying to prove, right? Um, you have like a onus to do that. And in that, it kind of produces, I think, by accident, like I was saying earlier, something like uh, a critic archetype in which um, people act in the world and view the world in this critical nature, um, which places them as opposed to it, which is really part of the problem, you know? You come from the mother, from the earth. Right? We all do. Uh, Gaia, whatever you want to call it. And, and there was a there was an episode of Rogan where he was talking about this. Um, they were talking about. Or no, maybe I'm sorry. It was it was Jordan Peterson, but he was talking about how this. No, I'm sorry. It was Alan Watts. I have a lot of people in my head apparently. Um, Alan Watts was talking about this idea that um, people think of themselves as separate or alien to the world, right? Uh, that we don't, aren't inherently or intrinsically tied to it, like fundamentally, like at a, at a, at a genetic level, you know? You're no different um, than kind of the single-celled organism you came from. You're just a combination of those things that have evolved over time, you know? You're exponentially more complicated, but you're not necessarily different which is hard to chew on it's a fractal idea you know similar to if you look at a fractal pattern you know stare at a fractal pattern for a while you'll you'll notice that it's what's repeating that's by definition what it is right so you get the same i think it's a fundamental truth in nature right you get this quality that repeats anyway i think it's a better position to place yourself um, kind of aligned with nature, aligned with the earth, aligned with the world. And I think one of the ways you can do that is kind of way John Lennon is speaking of here. I believe in everything until it's disproved. So I believe in fairies, the myths, dragons. It all exists. Even if it's in your mind, who's to say that dreams and nightmares aren't as real as the here and now? 
They sure feel like it, don't they? Many of you may have had night terrors throughout your life, or you may have experienced what you would have considered like paranormal paranormal phenomenon. You know, you've experienced a ghost or maybe a haunting in your life, or um, who knows, maybe you've um, even dabbled into the, you know, the psychic realm. Maybe you've gone to see a tarot reader or had a psychic reading, or maybe you've um, used any form of magic, right? Um there's a there's a way in which uh, we all approach those things with a certain type of like I don't know if trepidation is the right word let me define that I think it is that's what I heard let's see yeah the trepidation a feeling of fear or agitation about something that may happen sorry guys I, sometimes this is weird but like I know this is going to sound odd but sometimes when I'm um, talking I get words that I don't usually use you know I don't, I don't use trepidation <laughs> in everyday conversation when I'm talking. You can ask my girlfriend if you want to. You know. I don't know how you would, but you get the point. But there's sometimes when I'm delivered these things, and this is what I'm trying to point out right now is channeling, right? Um, there's a certain message that I'm trying to get through. And before I even sat down here or even started recording here, like I've, I've, I've done some preparation on the side to try to align with energies that would want to speak to you whoever's listening and so that if you're listening to this in your car or while you're walking or while you're working out or whatever you're doing um, it really is for you you know I'm talking to myself but I'm talking to you by doing that and how I do that is by recognizing a very very simple truth it's that by recognizing that you are me at a fundamental level. It's the same idea I was trying to explain in a biological sense earlier. With aligning with Mother Nature, and you are no different than the single-celled organism you evolved from. Just a more complicated version of it. It's all the same thing. You want to know how you... You want to know how I know you were a single-celled organism at one point? Not that, like... It's not in like a disembodied way where you didn't experience it. I mean, like you lived as a single-celled organism first. And you can remember that in a weird type of way, I think. The reason I think you can remember that is because you can imagine it if you try. If you get yourself into a really relaxed state and you try to sit there and imagine what it would be like to be something with one single, I guess, complication, you could call it. One single variable. One border. One line that divides it from something else that makes it a thing other than the simplest thing. What would it feel like to be that? If you're conscious and that. What would be the point of it? What would be the point of being a single-celled organism? You know, you feel like you have purpose as a human being. So what's to say the single-celled organism that you once were didn't have purpose in the same way, didn't have a drive, that feeling? Who's to say that comes from the brain? She feels like a feeling to me. And I know there's a way in which science tries to explain feelings as a process of chemical interaction but I fundamentally disagree
Anybody that's empathic can recognize this. Maybe it's the way the emotion is um, kind of derived in the body, something like that. But it's not kind of the process, the entire process explained. It's not like the explanation. You know, how can somebody empathically pick up what somebody's feeling? You know, how can I know just by walking by somebody what they've gone through? Again, feel that emotional hit, you know, in my chest or wherever. People don't believe that's real, but if you if you open yourself up to it and you quiet down a little bit, you'll notice it. It's everywhere. There's chaos everywhere in this modern world, and it keeps you detuned because it's painful to tune into. <laughs> it's too much. Our world has lost control in so many different ways. But there's a purpose behind it, folks. It's not, it's not meaningless. It's not nihilistic. It's the wildfire, you know. It's the clearing of the dead wood that happens in every human being if that human being allows it to happen. It's the awakening process at a global scale. We're all meant to wake up. And we're all meant to wake up together because we're all one thing. You know, there's been time periods and before that this this process like tried to start happening you know you kind of can look at the 60s and see how you know, in some ways had like <clears throat> it lost itself um in something like a chaotic soup uh, but there was a message underneath that you know the, the, this awakening message and there's people breaking from kind of the uh, social norms and the social constructs they've been given and starting to try to dive into what their meaning is at an individual level. And I think because it was so radical, and it was so radical for the times, it, was, it, was, it wasn't time yet. There's a purpose behind it. You know, there's an alignment of sorts. You know, these things happen for a reason and everything happens in divine timing. So it means that if we're starting to wake up now, there's a reason for the 60s. And I do believe we're starting to wake up now, if you want to. It's a scary idea, but if you think about internally, there's a lot of views inside of you that need to go away. Old versions of you you've held on to for way too long. Nasty people you don't want to be anymore. And the problem is you don't realize they're not you. Nobody does. I say you, but I'm talking about me, guys. I hope you understand that. Like, I'm trying to take the lessons I've learned and extend them so that when I listen to them, I can feel them the same way you are. There's a way in which those people need to be recognized first before they can be released. Because when you repress something, when you hold it back, when you hide something, your whole life, oh, it gets angry, you know? And, and then it, it kind of mutates. There's a little child inside, you know, intermingled with all those personalities. It's kind of being... not allowed to speak and it's inside each of us it's the little kid version of us 
You have to go way back. You know, you have to try to think back, way back. And it's, it's easier at times like Christmas time or something like that when you see kids opening presents because you'll tap back into it. You'll, you'll like right back into a memory where you remember opening your present or whatever it was and the joy and the excitement, the emotion, you can feel it. When you're back there in those feelings, when you're almost like transported there, you can remember what it feels like to truly be you. Unfiltered, unfettered. To be living and loving. You know, if you don't have that specific Christmas memory, find whatever memory it is that brings you joy inside. There's many people that may say they've never felt that before. And if that's the case, then just try to search for anything that makes you feel warm inside. Any memory or any thought, period. Take yourself there. Because there's a little kid there who wants to be recognized and wants to come out to play. He wants to speak again. He wants all those noisy voices to finally leave it alone. People are looking for solutions in so many different places, you know, prescriptions and alcohol and sex and television and electronics, you know, there's they're just everywhere. It's just a distraction, distraction, distraction. You can't turn any direction without seeing something that's meant, specifically designed to pull you off balance because people that are off balance consume you're not meant to be aligned right now that's not the point of the society if it's not obvious at this point I don't know what has to happen you're not meant to feel good here that's not the purpose of this the purpose of capitalism and the purpose of democracy is not to make you feel good. The purpose of life is not to make you feel good. The purpose of life is not to make you feel bad. The purpose of life is to make you feel both. The purpose of life is to make you feel. There's a faith in that process. It's kind of like, um, if you've ever been in the ocean, Salt water, you know, anything with salt water where it's, you know, high density, you can float on your back. It's not hard to float on your back. And you just kind of lay there and you can feel the waves, you know, like up and down, taking you up and down and you just kind of roll with them. You feel the troughs and the peaks. And, you know, in that context, you ask why? It's like, well, that's why you're out there, <laughs> you know. You want to feel it. 
The reason we are all here, truly, I believe, is because we want to feel it. You don't want to not feel. You don't want to numb yourself. You don't want to consume. No. Those are illusions. And there are carrots dangled on a stick in front of you. You know, on a treadmill, keeping you running towards, you know, something you'll never get to. You're not meant to. That's why you're not happy. Because you didn't want that. Nobody wants that. Nobody ever wanted that. I don't care what the excuse is. A world that creates a society in which people are used in that way is not properly aligned or structured and will fail. It's a matter of time. I say that like heavily because I recognize like the fire isn't fun not when it's burning away dead wood you feel that shit and us as a society we're gonna have to feel this shit what we've done to ourselves Fuck. But it's not meant to be dwelled on in that way. It's meant to be recognized. We have a responsibility as a civilization to wake up in that sense. To recognize our responsibility, how much we have fucked ourselves up. Nobody else. That's why it's so important for each individual to stop blaming everybody else. It's the only way we learn as a civilization. It's us. We're the problem. And in that you recognize you're the problem. Each and every individual. And you'd be like, how do you solve that? I don't know. Maybe try fixing yourself. It's the best thing I can think of. I'm going to go to the next quote that I had. It's from J.R.R. Tolkien. To the love, the Fellowship of the Ring uh, is one of the books he wrote. He also wrote the Two Towers and the Return of the King and the Hobbit and a couple other tales, I believe. I can't remember exactly. One of my favorite writers. It goes: Faithless is he that says farewell when the road darkens. So we've all seen those movies of, you know, I, I can't think of a specific one right now, but when the going gets tough, you know, that character that turns and runs. I was just watching The Labyrinth. I don't know if you've, any of you have watched or seen The Labyrinth with, uh, um, oh my God, how can I not remember his name right now? Anyway, classic 80s movie, right? Um, there's a character in that, uh, Hob Hobbin or 
I can't remember his name, but he's a little goblin. And he's, he goes with the main character. He, he's kind of her guide at first, but he's he's also like a self-pronounced coward the whole time. He's like, I'm a coward, I'm a coward. I, I, I don't, you know, I, I fend for myself. But he's helping her. Which is confusing, right? Like he's acting in a non in a, in a courageous way, but then calling himself a coward. And there comes a point where he does. He like betrays her and he abandons her, and he kind of falls into this idea of himself being a coward. And I think that's the idea we're speaking of. Is this idea? That's the idea that J.R.R. Tolkien is talking about. Is that's not faith? You know, uh, faith is the thing that he was doing when he was um, following. We're leading her, you know, uh, believing that he's doing something, even though it goes against everything that he should be doing. He's seeing something. What is he seeing? It's hard for anybody to find. Before you see the end of the movie, you don't know. Nobody knows. That's the point, right? The point is the journey. You're going somewhere, and you're not going to see it while you're going there, but you're going to get there. But in order to get there, you got to walk there. And in order to, you know, walk there you got to go through some tough shit and every time you go through that tough shit you're gonna ask why is this happening to me why the fuck what did i do to deserve this fuck you god fuck you universe this is bullshit whatever you want to pull out and throw at you know or maybe you do it to other people or maybe you do it to whatever you can find you take out your anger and your aggression instead of the one place it actually deserves to be with you Faithless is he who says farewell when the road darkens. Because it's your time to sit in the dark for a while. You'll come out of it if you have faith. Or it'll eat you up. There's only one way to find out. You're supposed to have faith. There's one choice that everybody feels pulled to. You know which one it is. There's nothing good that comes from sitting in dark forever. You can't see shit. There's another one I want to read from Edgar Allan Poe. This one's really interesting and I had to think on this for a second. But it says, I have great faith in fools. Self-confidence, my friends will call it. The, what I got from this, and I don't know if the listeners will get the same thing, but I, I thought this was interesting because he's, he's speaking of there's a way in which you, you um, all of us demonstrate faith in odd ways sometimes. <laughs> you, you can be so confident. Everyone is so confident in the mask they wear and the way they perceive or uh, uh, present those things to the world. I am this. I am the lawyer. I am the doctor. I am the teacher. Well, yeah, because you say you are. But <laughs> it's not the truth. None of those things are you. You're too specific to be compartmentalized in that way. You can teach. You can heal. You can whatever it is, right? But you're not that thing. It's a trick of the mind, a logical trap we fall into where we associate ourselves with things. Anthropomorphize it in a weird way. And Edgar Allan Poe is saying in a weird way, he's making, I think, a, it's a comedic, you know, ironic statement here. Like, I have great faith in people in that way. 
because of how confident they can be and how wrong they are. What if that switched? You know, something like that. How confident I've been when I've been wrong. It's easier to digest that way when I say it that way. Because I have been many times, over and over and over again, especially this year, for my entire life. And I hope you could hear in those last couple episodes how much I've been digesting that. There's one more I want to go into. It's by Albert Hubbard. God will not look you over for medals, degrees, or diplomas, but for scars. That's interesting. I really like that one. God will not look you over for medals, degrees, or diplomas, but for scars. What did you go through? What darkness did you sit in? What monster did you face? Or did you just cover yourself with degrees and medals and diplomas, hiding behind them as if they're you? It doesn't impress impress a deity. How much money you have in your bank account? Or the reason you have it? (laughs) It's like, if you were God, imagine yourself as God and you created something and you gave it all this shit. Here, here's some money, here's a house, here's this, you know, here's this, here's that. I made all this world for you, here's all these physical things. Now, what are you? Either you hold up a medal, you hold up a degree, and you hold up a diploma, and you'd be like, what the fuck? You're that? But you didn't do anything with all that stuff I gave you? You didn't make anything new? No, you didn't, you just called yourself something else that was already there. You called it good? And then proceeded, usually, in the modern context, to kind of let go of any connection to deity itself, to divinity itself. Kind of in a divine fuck you. (laughs) You get the... You see how, like, upsetting it would be from a deity's point of view to see a world acting the way we do. With things like Instagram and TikTok. It's bound to fail. I guess is the best thing to say. Hmm. It's interesting. This is by Soren Kiergaard. It says, The function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. And we often talk as if we're talking to something else, right? We speak as if, you know, we're placing our faith outside of ourselves. Hey, God, help me. Or at least if you're not a faithful person, that's how you imagine prayer, right? Hey, personal cloud, help me. Come down with your mighty hand, you know, your divine hand, and move the world for me, please. That's not the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer is to change you. Like Soren Kiergaard is saying. As you talk to yourself, you'll see where you're talking to yourself improperly. If you look and talk long enough, you'll talk back 
God is there. Never left you. Never went anywhere. It's not external to you. The human being has been learning what God is the entirety of human existence. All of evolution, everything that's happened biologically is all meant for us to understand what we are to a fuller degree, including what we are in divine aspect, which is what is happening right now at a global scale, if you open your eyes to it. The world is starting to wake up. It's a process that I don't know how long will take, but is one that has to happen one way or the other. I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast with um, Ben Shapiro, which is a very conservative figure, uh, but he's a um, uh, he's traditional Jewish. I, I can't remember the faith-wise. I mean, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, the actual wording. Forgive me. Um, but he's he follows a very traditional, um, you know, worldview and life set. So he was speaking. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to give you that so there's a grain of salt. You know, you take it with a grain of salt. But he was speaking about what he sees in the future with things like social media and uh, virtual reality, this kind of stuff becoming more prominent and something like things like the metaverse, something that I didn't even know about until I listened to Rogan, you know, the last couple of weeks. A lot's happened in a year, apparently. But Ready Player One's actually happening, kind of a thing. And that's something that is deeply, deeply terrifying. And that's what. Ben was trying to point out. He was trying to point out something like, well, if you have a bunch of people that get invested in every way in a digital space, then the only thing they really need to provide for is something like feeding themselves, their physical bodies, so they can maintain that thing to maintain the physical, the, the digital space. But there's a lot of other things that has to happen here. Um, like, for instance, just the fundamentals of needing to procreate so that if people aren't interested or are completely engaged online with whatever the hell they want, you know what I mean? And not, not maintaining uh, any of the fundamental things, the fundamental principles that have you know, held society together up until now, then what will happen is society will fall apart. Plainly said, people will stop having babies. And in one or two generations, we go away. And I think it was a really good point. <laughs> you can't just spend all your time in a digital space. You know, We, we do need to have children. We need to procreate as a race. We need to raise those children. We need to try to improve their lives, each of us. You know, that's each of our responsibilities. And there's something that I think this generation is losing in that, or a threat of losing. And the ones that are coming after is we're losing that lesson that there's a deep, one of the, the deepest responsibility that any of us have is to carry this on. How can we lose that? We're thinking it's all just for comfort and just for consumption. It's for entertainment. It's the last thing it's for. It's too unbalanced. I think there's a process of talking to yourself that's the most important. Mahatma Gandhi, you must not lose faith in humanity. Humanity is like an ocean. A few drops of the ocean are dirty. The ocean does not become dirty. We have to maintain faith in ourselves. You, as an individual, have to believe in yourself. You have to have self-love, right? We have to demonstrate that at both an individual level and a global level, at a human level. 
the only way we do that is by trying to do that each individually first. It's an organic process that needs to take place. And one that I do believe, as I've said many times in this episode already, is happening regardless. So that it's more about aligning. Being the deadwood or being the thing that, you know, grows after, something like that. And I think um, we're at a very important point in human history. Um, Because there's more to life than what we've been told. Truly. Our myths have meaning and deep purpose and deep truth that we've forgotten. Magic is real. All you have to do is have faith. With that, folks, I think that's going to be the unfounded podcast for today. I appreciate you joining me and sitting with me as I talk about faith and do a little deep dive on it. Um, but I'll be back soon. I have a lot of other things brewing right now. Uh, I'm actually really wanting to get uh, our boys on here. We're trying to do kind of a, a kid episode with our boys and, and do something like an interview, a very basic interview style with some, some simple but deep questions to see what the kids can come up with. Uh, and have a conversation on that because I think there's a lot of value in that. There's so many times throughout my day that I hear the boys say something or kind of maybe they don't say something but they do something that triggers a deep thought or something that's uh, profound in some way that I'd like to share. And I think there's something about capturing that as long as they'd like to share with it. But they seem excited to come on. So that's what I have in store for you guys coming up soon. Um, me and Bethany also worked on an episode not too long ago that we still have to finish up that we'll, uh, we're still working on that we'll release soon. And um, we have a lot of other things going on on our social media right now. Um, So let me pull it up really quick, guys. Sorry, I didn't have it pulled up. Um, But I'd really like you to check out our new business. Um, It's actually a business that Bethany's had going for a while now, but I am joining and now part of. Uh, It's called I Got You. Uh, That's capital I-G-O-T, capital U. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook at the I Got You page. Um, and the uh, hashtag or the tag for that is at Sage3Siren, uh, at Sage3Siren. And that's going to be for our Facebook page. Uh, I also have, um, for those of you that are in the Phoenix area, um, we're both going to be working with a new crystal shop uh, called Majestic Earth. And I'd like to shout out their store because uh, Steve, who runs that, has been doing a fantastic job helping us out and we're kind of helping each other out grow uh, and work together. So uh, we're going to be doing a lot of social media, um, some live events with him. So I'd like to shout out his page. You guys should check his page out. There's a lot of really cool um, crystals. Uh, his shop's amazing, really beautiful stuff there. So if you're in the Phoenix area, it's down in the Melrose District. Check it out. It's Majestic Earth, and you can find that at Majestic Earth Phoenix on Facebook. And then uh, last but not least, my page, the Unfounded Podcast page, you can still find at the current link on the website, but it is going to be moving soon. It'll look the same, but it's just going to be moving under the, uh, the I Got You page. So that's what I have for you now, guys. Um, we are going to be doing some video episodes soon. I have video episodes that are approved through Spotify, so I'm going to be start starting to do video episodes and live episodes, that kind of stuff, very soon for you. Um, and I'm really excited to get that going because I think it's a much more engaging uh, to actually see us um, while we're talking and to be able to look in the camera. So without any more um, of the tough stuff, I'll let you go. And I want to thank you for joining me again. Thank you for your support. And I will be talking to you all very soon. Lots of love. Bye-bye.